0: what's up everybody welcome to outside perspective with me adam meredith i have a great episode for you today but before i get to my guests let's do a few housekeeping things um artists if you have friends who are artists please send me your music i really appreciate it i'd love to feature you guys on the podcast um help send people your way help share your music i think it's all good for everybody so send that music to me at adam at imposedwill.com a-d-a-m at sign i-m-p-o-s-e-d w-i-l-l dot com send your music to me include all of your social links and please send either the WAV file or the mp3 Uh, really appreciate it next please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already please also tell your friends share this Leave a five-star review. Like the podcast. Uh, Yeah, like the podcast page on Facebook as as well as Instagram. So please support the podcast. Really appreciate it, guys. And if you are looking for CBD, do yourself a favor. Do me a favor and check out Jumbo Superfoods. These guys are the shit. Um, I had the opportunity to have one of the guys kyle brown on episode six so go back and check that out if you haven't already and uh yeah their their products are great so use the link in the notes it helps me out really appreciate that as well and um i think that is it hopefully try to make that quick short and sweet for you guys so on today's episode i'm sitting down with tony sink this dude is a ball of energy, and I met Tony, just kind of, uh, in the MMA scene. He was coaching uh, a fellow fighter who I who I know I don't train with, but I know the fighter, and um, just kind of became aware of each other that way. And I've been checking him out on social for a while. He's been trying to get me to come up to his gym and uh and check it out and just for various reasons i just haven't been able to make it up there but i did have the chance to make it there and sit down and talk with him and his story is just so awesome he actually broke his neck and um had to get surgery and was you know paralyzed essentially so well no essentially to it he was paralyzed he had the exact same incident that happened to christopher reeves is um you know what happened to him. So not not the exact same circumstances, but the same uh same injury, same surgery, different outcome. So his story is awesome and I r- I had to share it. Uh so enjoy guys, Tony Sink. Tony Sink. That is me. How are you, man? The one and only, not too bad. Pumped actually. I'm always pumped. But. Always pumped. Man. So uh I love your space. What uh What's it all about? What's it all about? What's it all about for you?
1: Operation, inspiration. Uh I think the, the biggest thing is I've almost I'm gonna call I'm gonna label it as it. I'm gonna label it. Yeah. I've taken it way farther than fathomable. Mm-hmm. It's already become like a dream. So basically, you know, I was paralyzed from the neck down when I was sixteen years old, shut off. How'd that happen? Uh drinking and driving. <laughs> 16 years old I guess I was just a while I wasn't even really drinking a whole lot I was just going fast on a gravel road and rolled into a telephone pole oh shit yeah it broke my neck had a cervical dislocation at C5 and C6 that I had amongst many other injuries but that was the one that shut me off from the neck down
0: do you remember what that felt like yeah I
1: was awake the whole time Uh, I kind of just felt a jolt go through my body and I know that I thought about my head injury and I was inside the car for a couple hours before they cut me out oh whoa so I was—I didn't really even go into shock. It was kind of crazy. I got airlifted to one hospital and then airlifted to another hospital, and then they, you know, stabilized me, put staples in my head. I had a surgery a few days later. I was in ICU um, where they do an anterior fusion. They cut through my neck, mm-hmm. moved my stuff to the side. They took bone graft out of my hip and they put it in with a titanium plate and some screws. Yeah. And they'll, you know, keep me alive, take some pressure off of my spinal cord. Uh, I didn't get any motor function back, so even with the surgery, all I got was hypersensitivity. What's that mean? Uh, basically, um, let me just explain it this way: I got shut off from the neck down. So when my nerves got jump-started when they relieved that pressure on my neck, it's like I could feel everything. Oh, really? Yeah, like pins and needles. The blankets hurt if you touched me. I didn't know if I was super so like lit, lit on fire or yeah. And I, I'm still kind of affected to this day, but that's kind of like my gift. Does that make sense? Like I can put feelings into words, and I'm very hypersensitive when it comes to like my diet, my nutrition, and my movements.
0: You're very tune. I'm very
1: aware of my nervous system, and that's kind of why I train the way that I do. I don't want people to go down that aesthetical, vanity type path. Yeah. I want you to go down like movement improvement. If there's no long-term application for what you're doing on a daily
0: basis, you're screwing yourself over. That is important. Um, Sustainability and longevity. You know, having those things, it's very important. And uh, yeah, so I think that a lot of people, they like they aren't in tune with their body, like they don't know how to listen to to, it. to what it's saying. So yeah, so this experience definitely just puts you on the fast track to that. Oh man, so how long how long was was this recovery? Like what was, was take us? Yeah, man, let's, let's it's keep such it's this, such a crazy story. Process. You yeah, know, let's keep, let's uh, keep going down this path.
1: So you know, after my surgery, the, there was a lot of different obstacles, and I you know I could go into some extreme detail, but you know being shut off from the neck down it just makes you like everybody came in to see me was crying mm-hmm. you know they're starting to prepare my parents they're like hey you know you're going to have to take care of them life's like, they, ch- like they told life's going to change for you guys you know they're they're changing my catheter out in front of me i can't move my hands i can't move my fingers i'm shut off i can't feed myself what's going through your head i mean honestly suicide yeah, <laughs> really yeah you just fucking mean, like i don't like, even uh, live. yeah i they had a therapist and i was like hey when i can move my hands i'm I ain't gonna have a family, I ain't gonna have kids, I can't chase my dreams. I yeah. I you know I I was, I grew up on a farm. I would say I was in a lot of different directions as a kid, but the one thing I knew I wanted to do as I, I kind of wanted to be a Navy SEAL all growing up. Okay. I was a, I was a Boy Scout and I built hay and I wrestled and I played baseball and I wasn't exceptional at any of this stuff, but I was just, you know, a kid that grew up 12 miles from my school in in the middle of nowhere Iowa and I had big dreams before my accident. I was kind of a punk. But it was kind of like a rebirth for me. I mean, it just made me have so much gratitude for every simple little thing Mm -hmm. in life. I mean, even down to I I love to do carpentries because I love to just put my hands on things and feel textures. And when it comes to movement improvement, man, health and wellness needs to be something that you can apply in your daily life. that not only makes you feel better, it makes you perform better. Because if you're doing these workouts and crippling yourself up. Right. Yeah. And how it, That's kind of counterproductive for your day.
0: Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. A lot of people want to just go to the gym and beat themselves up. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So
1: your work ethic and your pain tolerance is dangerous. That's one of my curses because I think I got to kick my ass. You know, I was paralyzed, so I got to get as yeah, much well, as I harder. can. Yeah. So I used to work out really intense and mindlessly 10 years ago once I got, you know, somewhat back to normal. But anymore, I feel like it's just I'm maturing my fitness and my message more and more. Mm hmm. So these rehabilitation hoops that I had to (laughs) jump through, you know, the first thing I could move was my right foot.
0: Yeah, so how long was it after surgery? Like, when did you start? Twelve days I got my right foot to move. Okay, so you
1: started getting. And then I got my, yeah, pretty pretty quick. And I got my, like, right arm. I could lift it up and my left leg, pick it up. Still couldn't feed myself. Didn't have dexterity. They released me from the hospital before I had dexterity. Um, The first obstacle, believe it or not, was sitting up. My blood pressure would drop. And you know I'd get sick and want to pass out. Yeah. Luckily, my stepdad was a registered nurse, so I had a lot he, of. Oh. He was pretty honoring too, so it made it made my real, bit – and I had a mother that stood right by my side the whole time. You it's a good support system. Oh man, you know I didn't. It was before social media, and so there was no fundraisers you could raise. They didn't put a chair in front of me or give me some kind of van. They just started telling my parents, they're like, life's gonna change for you guys. You have to take care of him. Yeah. You no know, they didn't know, they didn't think I'd ever walk again, be functional again, so their goal for me was to be able to you know try to figure out what I can and can't do in life, you know what I mean, and get my yeah. rehabilitation and they put me on medication to help with my nerves and stuff like that but it was i I was very very motivated in rehabilitation when I went to the second hospital after two and a half weeks, yeah, um, they had me sitting up, I wasn't walking, I wasn't moving my hands, or anything like that yet. But when they put me in this rehab center, I was the youngest person there. There were stroke patients and amputees mm-hmm. and, you know, all kinds of, you know, w- way more advanced stuff. And I'm like thinking, man, I'm 16 years old. I'm I'm never going to have a family. I can't pick stuff up. Kind of feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, I bit. was. I felt real sorry for myself. And, but I didn't let that beat me down. Like, yeah, I went through like my mental stuff where, you know, s- suicide and I'm, Putting quotations up beside that. Like, I, I really just wasn't happy. I, I wasn't seeing the bigger picture yet. Yeah. Because i seen that I just had my legs taken, my whole body taken off from
0: underneath me. That can be all-encompassing, man. I mean, that's a huge ordeal for anybody, especially a 16-year-old who has very little perspective. On I, I had a
1: pretty tough exterior as a 16-year-old, so I didn't try to, like, let people pity party me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I developed my personality to make people laugh. I could make people feel good, and I didn't even have to move. I didn't have to do anything. I could just—it's all personality. Yeah, all personality. Laying in the bed, and you know, it, I would flirt with the nurses, giving me sponge baths to make everybody in there, you know, laugh. I'd talk about all kinds of stuff. So I made—I tried to make that experience of rehabilitation more fun, even than if it was like. You've heard the expression "fake it till you make it." Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else thought I was a lot happier than I actually was. Really? Does that make sense? Like I gave that yeah, vibe and off. Yeah, kind of put on a mask. Yeah, and. I only spent six weeks in a hospital. So two weeks at the first hospital, like 10 days in ICU. And once I got out of ICU, they sent me to a re- rehab center, which was closer to home. Okay. Um, this I is all sc- in Iowa still. Yep. Yeah. So the rehab center, w- like my first hospital was about an hour and a half. So it was a long drive for my parents to come see me. And yeah. I was there for almost two weeks in the first hospital.
0: By yourself for the most part?
1: Yeah, my mom stayed by my side a lot, but yeah, it was... I mean, two weeks I'm in a hospital bed, stuck. Okay. So once they get me to the point they can set me up, I get, you know, my blood pressure's not dropping, and I can, they can put me in a chair physically. Uh, I, you know, I lost the hair on the back of my head. They're still changing my catheter out. I can't feed myself, and I get sent to this rehab center, thinking, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I didn't think I had any hope, I had no hope. They're just, you know, they're saying, hey, anything you get is what you earn. Yeah. You know, and they can't tell me how bad or what I'll get because nerves are a funny thing apparently. Uh, I I made leaps and bounds. I got on my feet. I If I fell down, I still couldn't get up. So after a month in the rehab s- center, they sent me home. I mean, and I wanted to do things, and I didn't let it stop me. So I, I didn't have dexterity in my left hand, and I wanted to fish all summer, and I got my neck broken. My stepdad duct taped my left hand to a fishing reel so I could still reel in a fish. That's awesome. So I, I made it work, and— you know, I didn't – I I did physical therapy five days a week for six to eight months. I mean, seriously, just day in and day out, and I, I was passionate about it. And I was trying to get my grip back and my balance back and just get my body to work. I couldn't do a push-up for 18 months. And I grew up wrestling and playing baseball and bailing hay. So to be able to lay down on the ground and not be able to push myself up was very mentally debilitating. Um. You know and I went out I went off for wrestling my senior year, which was probably 18 months after my accident really and I probably sh- shouldn't have, but I'm glad I did Does it makes sense like there were times that I would have to opt out of practice and hop on the exercise bike and you mm-hmm. know stuff like that like if I get my head cranked or yeah and it was then I was afraid more than I am now I can trust like man they fixed me pretty good they Took a bone out of my hip and fused two vertebrae together, and yeah, yeah, I will get a little more wear and tear on the discs above and below. But as long as I do things right, you
0: know, now I'm like I feel feel almost like a superhero within reason. Man, and they're doing so many great things. Like they're they're like regrowing oh, those discs now. It's well,
1: you know, when 14 years ago when they did my accident, or when they did my surgery when I had my accident, it was a newer procedure. Christopher Reeves. Superman, the original Superman, this is kind of my story. Uh, He fell off a horse, the actor, the original actor. Mm -hmm. He fell off a horse and he had a C5, C6 dislocation. Same I did. They had to remove a disc and they fused two vertebrae. I think he got a cadaver bone. I got a bone out of my hip. Um, He never got out of a chair ever again in his life. Right. Same dislocation. Same surgery. Oh, shit. You know, here I am, fourteen years later. I can walk on my hands, and they never thought I'd walk again. Yeah, I do it every day.
0: So during this time when you're going through recovery, I mean, is it is it do you just focus on like little goals? Is it is it just to get to the next goal, or are you focused on like the one big overarching? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's your focus during that time? You know, in, what's keeping you in, going?
1: In the beginning, I kind of had like a,
0: I had this moment.
1: Uh huh. I had a moment, and this moment changed my life. And I went go karting with a bunch of my friends. I grew up with them, and I, you know, and I I was, like I said, I wasn't exceptional at anything, but there were a lot of kids I was better at than things, and there was a lot of kids that were better than me at things, and I'd always be nipping on their heels, whether it's throwing a ball, or running on the track, or whatever it was, and I went go-karting with a group of like 10 buddies, and we all went go-karting, and they all got out to go putt-putting to the next place, and I couldn't get out of the go-kart. I couldn't physically get myself out of the go-kart. I was so embarrassed. I mean, I could not get myself out of the go-kart. I had to flop out on the ground. I didn't tell anybody. I almost cried. Really? I'm like, I'm 17 years old. This is a, a year after my accident, you know, and I'm not back to normal, normal, but I'm like, you know, you can't tell. If you met me on the street, you couldn't tell that I got in an accident unless I was like, yeah, I broke my neck. People would be like, whoa. But no, I couldn't get out of the go-kart. And I think that weekend, I, uh, I went to a gym, right? and i didn't i had no clue what i was doing and i ran into this just humongous of a guy and he gave me a book and the book was arnold's encyclopedia for bodybuilding uh-huh. oh shit and then within i'm telling you within 3 months of me having that book i didn't have to go to rehab anymore i was just lifting weights i was hitting muscle groups i was trying to stay balanced i was you know hitting my days i was trying to make my own routines and yeah. you know like i was idolizing a bodybuilder yeah, that's. I think that's a lot of people's intro. You know, you know what? I didn't. I didn't know any better. I went from rehab, trying to just lead a normal life. To, I'm hitting. I gotta get strong. I couldn't. You know, I was like, man, I'm gonna do whatever
0: it takes. I gotta build some muscle. So you weren't really, you weren't really lifting before then at all. No, no, no. Just kind of just being just like a natural athlete yeah. doing sports. Well, they,
1: I mean, they make us do stuff in wrestling and stuff like, and baseball, and you know, we'd mm. run track, but nothing just super out of the ordinary, extraordinary. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I wasn't a kid that did push-ups all the time or pull-ups all the time. I never, you know, played with weights or anything. You know, I might have had one growing up here and there.
0: Yeah, but were you a very healthy kid growing up? Like, whenever I was growing up, like, I grew up in, like, backwoods, Missouri, so we didn't eat very healthy. Well, I will say... In healthy, I
1: will say I was very homegrown. I did have a mother that cooked me all meals. They didn't hold okay. me back from food, but they did feed me materials that probably, you know, that I could reflect on now that I'm like, man, I've, my parents don't understand why I don't eat the same things as when I was a kid. Right. But now it's like, man, ignorance is bliss. I didn't know any better then. Now I'm like, man, this stuff's poison.
0: Yeah. It's just straight up poison. A lot of white bread. You know, yeah, I could get I could soda. get crazy
1: in your materials. But, I mean, on a cellular level, you want to fuel your hot rod. Oh, yeah. You want, I mean, you want to put good fuel in your body. You are what you eat, you know, and you you want things to re- repair. Like yeah. I said, you're a product of your environment. So if you're eating like an asshole, <laughs> you, you might develop some gelatinous tissue in your body. And that, yeah, that you know. and
0: there's a great saying: You are what you eat. ate. Have you heard that? Yeah, Sean you are, yes. Yeah. So what you're eating, whatever they ate, is gonna affect you too. That's why if you're eating beef, grass-fed, grass-finished, like yep. you want high-quality food. Yeah, you can you can get really really over the top
1: crazy with it. Uh, you know, when it comes to nutrition, I I make sure that I'm fueled and I do the surplus of deficit. I don't try to count my calories. I try to listen to my body. Mm -hmm. I try to biohack. I don't do the whole intermittent fasting kick. I do metabolic fasting. So I know how to like feel my body. So if I eat a whole bunch of food that I shouldn't have ate, I might do a little bit of a fast and some hard work the next day to clean my guts out Mm -hmm. and my system. You know, and vice versa. If I got a lot of training come up, man, I'm gonna eat a lot the day before because I know I got a high volume of training to do. You yeah. know, so but that takes a long time to learn. Everybody responds different to different foods, different timing, you know, supplements. Um but when it comes to like, you know, the accident and the rehabilitation, I had that moment. So um I get Arnold's encyclopedia and I, you know, within 3 4 months I don't have to go to rehab anymore cuz I'm like they you know seen significant and I'm going to label them as gains. Gains. Yeah. Now I was lifting weights and you know, I'm doing everything like lap pull downs and bicep curls, I'm doing you know, trying to bench because you know, I went from not being able to do a push up to start lifting weights. Yeah. And, you know, I, I sold shoes for a long time for a company called Trade Home Shoes and I would work crazy retail hours. And I would still go to the gym at nine o'clock at night when the mall closed and I'd stay there till eleven for two hours just lifting weights. And nothing but just lifting weights on my days. I had ever separate day. I had leg day, arm day, back day, chest day. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm like, man, it's very primitive. I look back on it. I'm like, man, I wish I knew more then. But yeah, I get home at 11 and I would cook. I'd cook all my food for the next day and I would eat that night until midnight. I'd wake up at like 6 the next morning and I'd go get my stuff ready. And sometimes I'd go on a run and I'd go to the mall and I'd sell shoes. So I was at 140 hours a week, you know, all the time. Or every, every two weeks, every pit period. I did that for a long time, and I sold shoes, and finally, you know, I, I kind of just felt like working so many retail hours and growing up on a farm and riding horses and baling hay, and I it really emotionally depressed me. So even though I was training and getting healthy and making these gains, you know, I'm like 19 years old. I got up to like 170 pounds. I graduated 135, mind you. So okay. I gained 35 pounds in two and a half years. It just... Pumping protein and yeah, do crap just trying to get the calories in to gain my weight, and I didn't really feel that good. Like, does does that make sense? Like, I didn't feel yeah. mo- like I felt like I put on muscle, but I'm like I didn't feel like performance gains.
0: Yeah, I mean you weren't op- you mean you weren't operating like an optimal level at that no, point. No, I was so bodybuilding. Yeah, I, I was, mean you you hit a goal which you thought would make you happy, but
1: and I'm I'm up there at this you know I have more
0: muscle I built
1: on and I. You know, I filled in some gaps, I'll call it, in my body, you know, my nervous system and stuff, and I still wasn't happy. And I got asked to go to a boxing gym by one of my employees that worked for me at the shoe store, and I was just hooked again. And I grew up doing it. I grew up doing a lot of it. But I always had this fear of ever stepping back in and doing boxing after I broke my neck. Like I just had a big fear, like my neck, I don't ever want to get punched. So I went there with intentions just to train. And I did their workouts. I did the bag work. I hit pads and then I got I seen enough confidence in my performance that I went ahead and started sparring and I'm doing the boxing thing and I kind of threw weights to the side and I was like man calisthenics because we were doing them in boxing I'm like man these make me feel good I'm doing just push-ups and dips and yeah, pull-ups body stuff. and man it just started to feel better and better and better so I and I dropped 20 pounds like right away and I but I felt stronger I felt better you know I'm at like 145 pounds 150 pounds and I felt good Yeah. Um, So then I never looked back. I kept doing calisthenics and, you know, I actually met a girl on my vacation and this is 2008, met a girl on vacation and when I went back home to visit and I ended up resigning from my shoe store and moving back home and, you know, this is, this is the woman, this baby, baby mama, so I do have a lot to thank her for, but. You know, I never thought I would have a family, and then i meet a girl, and I had a reason to move home, and I'd been working in the shoe store, so I moved home, and I had money that I didn't have to go straight to work in another career, so I started training in mixed martial arts because my stepsister, Sarah Patterson, she's actually a pro cage fighter, she... Signed me up for a cage fight when she found out I was moving home without asking me. <laughs> so she <laughs> – Yeah, 2009. This. She's like, hey, bro, I put you on the same card as me. I'm up for a title and I, I got you a fight. And I'm like, what? A fight? What? I don't want a fight. She's like, well, you've been boxing. And I'm like – and she knew I wrestled growing up some. And I so I – It gave me some serious momentum because I felt like there was such this urgency to get in the best shape of my life because my sister just signed me up to get in a cage and fight somebody, and that was not my intention. I had broke my neck. You were just doing boxing at this point? I just boxed and grew up wrestling. I lifted weights, Yeah. and I had just converted to calisthenics probably six months previous. That's funny. And she's like, well, Mm. you know, everybody kind of by then, by the time I was 20 years old, everybody knew that I was working out. I worked out a lot, you know, and I got the – pretty boy muscles and stuff. And, you know, I, it was already pretty known that i loved training and, you know, my, my story with people that knew me kind of knew that that's what kind of, you know, crossed some of my wires. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she she signed me up for this cage fight and I felt urgency to train harder than I ever have. And, you know, I went into a local gym and didn't, I sparred a few times. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know jujitsu. You know, they taught me like a basic arm bar escape and you know, and I, like I was out of my realm and I didn't understand it then cuz a lot of the guys that I seen at the practice, I'm like, you guys weren't farm boys. You guys played video games. Or I was like, you guys didn't play sports. You got out of high school and wanted to be a fighter. You know, I grew I grew up riding horses and bailing hay and wrestling and so I felt I felt like I had an edge, you know, and I felt a little indestructible with my neck. So I had a bad attitude against a lot of kids that wanted to be cage fighters. Yeah. That didn't grow up facing adversity just kind of had this chip like i yeah because i faced so much adversity i i had this and i wouldn't say that i'm like better than you because i knew that like oh you might look real good on pads but you know let's (laughs) let's just throw some bones around and there was no i guess technique behind it i guess it was all just put my head down rocky style yes and it was and i did my cage fight and i you know and i won in a one-sided fashion but it just I was not happy with myself. Everybody pumped me up about it. I was not happy. I looked at it from an outside perspective, and I'm like, "Oh my God, there's so much I don't know. I don't know how to throw kicks. I don't know any jujitsu. I don't yeah. know. Oh my God, that takedown looked ugly. That's a very. Oh my God, God my punches weren't even straight. What was it? Where were those coming from? You mm-hmm. know, like I had no. And I looked at it from like a, you know, and if I were to educate myself on all kinds of things and you know, martial arts and form and calisthenics and conditioning. And I looked at my body from an outside perspective. I was like, oh, I have so much work to do. And I have everybody in my ear saying, dude, you need to fight again. You need to fight again. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I know, but look at me. I need, I have so much work to do. And they're like, no, but you did really good. And I'm like, yeah, but I broke my neck. It's not worth the risk to just get in and race my car every weekend when I'd rather put my car in the garage and work on it. Yeah. Right. And and I really – my my mother – Made me promise I would never fight again if I did that. And I told her, I was like, all right, mom, I'll tell you. But if somebody ever called me out you know, on the street, I was like, I'm going to get in the cage before I just beat somebody's ass on the street. You know what I mean? That was just kind of my attitude. I was like, I'll just ask me in the cage. And they almost took that as an insult. But I did. I promised my mom I'd never fight again. Everybody's – for 14 years, I still get it. Every single week, I get people saying, you should fight. You should get in. You should do this. Oh, my God, you should. And I'm like – I invite martial artists. I love martial artists. I love – I would love to combat dance is what I'll call it. I will love to make friends with some high-level guys, and I'll learn a lot. But what I find is I've just hurt myself so much doing martial arts. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's 100 miles, but 100 miles an hour all the time. But there's no long-term application for going in and getting in a cage and fighting somebody. So I just uh, – so so that's where I justify not being a fighter. But how much fun is it to box? How much fun is it to hit pads? And do bag drills. Yeah, training And then is wrestle, fun. wrestle with your friends and learn these new techniques and do jujitsu flow rolls and, you know, do pummeling drills with wrestling and do takedown drills. This stuff's competitive. It's fun. It's challenging. Yes, there's variable for injury, but, you know, risk or reward. Right. If it makes you feel good, go ahead. So, you know, I did, I did this cage fight, and I got out, and I was like – I told myself, I was like, I love this stuff. I love the conditioning. I love that you have to – Work on your horsepower, your gas mileage, your body mechanics, your technique, mm-hmm. you know, and th- and then I started looking at it from more of a health and wellness perspective, like martial arts. So when I was hitting the bag, I wouldn't just, you know, go with what's comfortable and have a left jab and a right cross. I'm like, man, I want to take care of some muscular imbalances in my body with the martial arts. So when I look at everything, I'm like, man, I want my nervous system to work the same on this side as I do on that side. Yeah. And on a simple perspective, brush your teeth with your bad hand, work a screwdriver with your bad hand. Then none of this stuff would have been aware to me if I didn't break my neck, like my awareness for my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that like my right kick just kind of came naturally. My left kick, it was laggy. Like what the hell? (laughs) My hip's tight. Why can't I turn my left kick? So those were like my projects. That was more my focus rather than being a fighter or anything like that or a fitness athlete. I just wanted to take care of like proper body mechanic issues mechanical predispositions and muscular imbalances Mm -hmm. right and you when you look at it as people break things down with like strength training and cardio and and i always thought to myself i was like oh i just think all that's a bunch of bullshit you got to think about more biology and science-based material and think man you you are biomechanically engineered to adapt to the lifestyle you live so whether that's connective tissues, whether that's your respiratory system, your circulatory system, your nervous system, those are all things that need to be exercised. I and mean, life's too short to hop on a treadmill and label it as cardio. Life's too short to pick a day, one day a week and do leg day. I mean, you need to move things every day in order for there to be a long-term progressive application behind yeah, it. Yeah,
0: you got to move the body. Movement is key. Um, you can't be too static. Uh and when people kind of get in these training ruts where they're doing the same thing all the time, yeah, then they are just creating imbalances. Yeah, and, you know, so the, the message I try to get out to people is, I mean,
1: real simple. Life life is fucking beautiful. It is just a beautiful, and it's all about your attitude on it because if you're not a thankful person, then, I mean, you're, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. If you're not a healthy person you're probably not going to be happy. Yeah, dude, that affects your mood That's, big Well, time. you know, it, some people, I try to bring this up to a lot of clients and a lot of new members and a lot of people I meet is, you know, if you've never looked it up, look up a wellness continuum. You ever looked up a wellness continuum? No. So well, just to just Tell to keep me. this as a, you know, briefer description, it, it kind of correlates that in relativity and you can relate your health and your wellness with your happiness. Okay. Right? So... Most people that, and I'll I'll use an example of like most people get me to the gym, like come into the gym. The reason why they come to me is they have a a sign and a symptom. They have a sign or a symptom, and they don't they don't feel their best. So I ask them, do you feel your best? They're like, no. And I'm like, why? Let's figure this out. So their sign and symptom. If they don't come in and do something about it, that could turn into a disability. Mm-hmm. There's a back issue, a knee issue. You know, you're eating too much crap food. You know, your high blood pressure. That that's a sign and a symptom. High blood pressure is. A sign or a symptom. The heart attack is the fucking disability, right? So we want to educate them. So when they come to me, I educate them. And then it's up to them if they want to grow. Right. Does that make sense? Because that sign and symptom is going to turn into a disability. They're going to be unhappy. And there's all kinds of things, outside influences that can knock you down. You can have a breakup that's going to knock you down. You're going to quit drinking water. You're going to get stressed out. Guess what? You're not going to be very healthy. You lose your appetite. You're stressed out. You get in a car accident. Guess what? You're a disabled the snap of a finger probably not gonna be very happy about it right so this is that wellness continuum it has so many extremes but as a project you need to educate yourself if you don't feel good what is it why don't you feel good there's probably a reason it's the information age what are you putting in your body how much water you drink what kind of movements do you do yeah you know do your feet hurt your ankles hurt your back hurts your knees hurt are you progressively doing things that can help it
0: yeah well dude the body has basic needs oh yeah you know, for a lot, sure a lot of people aren't meeting those and i always say like people think it the, the body is so amazing it's so adaptive it's always trying to find homeostasis it'll find a way to make things work Oh yeah so you think that you feel well and you Probably Like a lot of people, you know, they think they feel well, but they're, you know, they're 50 pounds overweight or, you know, they're not getting enough sunlight. They're not drinking enough water, not enough activity, whatever the case may be. But they're like, no, I feel fine. But I always say, like, you don't know how good you can feel until you feel it. You know what I mean? So on that
1: subject of of getting people to feel their best, that's like one of my mottos I throw people. Do you want to feel your best, right? And we move and improve. And you heard me say operation inspiration at the beginning, right? Yeah, you're very inspirational. So with with – you know, all the physical training that people see, and they see all this crazy stuff I post on Facebook, and, you know, I get a lot of people that are scared away from my gym or scared from me because they're like, I can't do any of that stuff. But what they don't realize is that's that's like the fruits of my labor. That's right. like me working on my hot rod for 15 years, right? 15, 14 years, I broke my neck. I've been working on this hot rod that got wrecked, right? Been working on it, fixing it up, put a new engine in it, mm-hmm. put... All the, you know, I put a turbo, I put wheels, new suspension. you never going to take that thing out on the road. Does that make sense? Right. You're just not going to ever take that car and go drive it. I'm not saying drive the shit out of it. Go race it every weekend, but have some fun with it. Yeah. Go see how fast it'll go, you know? To, to burn out every once in a while. Yeah. So when people see my posts, that's like me just taking my car to the track. They yeah. don't see the 60 hours a week that I put in doing yoga and joint mobility stuff. And I try to do you know, some conventional bodybuilding and some progressive applications behind so many different kinds of movement methodologies. I have so many things I just love to do. I love riding bikes and I love swinging kettlebells and just grabbing a pair of dumbbells every day or moving a barbell, whether it's an Olympic lift or just, you know, hitting a light bench press
0: session. That stuff can be fun, but it has its place. Right. Right. I think people who are going to be deterred by that, like there's a there's a bigger issue. They're, there's something with them that they they don't have a confidence in themselves. or like exactly. now they're comparing themselves. Like I mean, compare like if you start comparing yourself to well, other that's, people, I that's mean. when
1: you get into like the personality profiling, and yeah. you can kind of you can I I've learned to kind of every people some people take constructive criticism, right? Some people take me, you know, talking them up, and that's okay. I gotta give them a bunch of compliments to get them motivated. The other person, I just gotta talk a bunch of shit to them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Everybody has something so, different.
1: So in this Operation Inspiration, I try to make people. When somebody comes to me, I immediately hold myself responsible. Or if I meet somebody, as you know, Adam, if you add me on Facebook, I am gonna reach out to you and I'm gonna say, Hey, let's come in and have some fun. Let me change your life. Yeah, let man. Me, let me. Let me just you might I mean you could be somebody that loves life already or somebody that doesn't love life. That doesn't matter to me. I just want you to have more fun and give you some life-lasting knowledge and yeah. tools. Cuz you know, say somebody comes in with a headache, I, the first thing I, I'm like, well, how much water did you drink yesterday?" Yeah. And well, then they're like, "Oh yeah, I didn't drink water." Or they're like or I'm like, "What did you eat yesterday?" And They're like, "Oh yeah, I did eat a box of cookies last night." And I'm like, "Well, don't complain to me if you're going to make shitty decisions. Right. That's why people pay me. Is I, I start to make them aware of the decisions they make and how they affect how they feel because a lot of people do these mindless things or yeah. these mindless activities. Or you don't realize if you have a sedentary job and you have to sit at a desk, if you don't make it a daily chore to maintain some structural integrity in your body and some t- tissue strength, if you want to age
0: gracefully, it takes work. Yeah, dude. I mean, moving into advanced life, uh, you know, advanced age like you you can't be like Not even you not have, even you have to well live with intent. I'll put it on the same
1: spectrum. The same philosophy goes. If you want to maintain a high level of fitness, and I feel like I'm starting to hit a high higher level of fitness than I ever thought imaginable. But what people don't see, they see me racing my car, they don't see all the the maintenance it takes to keep that high level of fitness. Does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah. So, yes, there's so much hard work in aging gracefully because we all have shit, you know chinks in our armor injuries along the way or things that aren't going to work right or health issues or you know you stepped you twisted your ankle when you were 10 years old and blew your ankle out and it's always going to hang with you so you're going to have to work around stuff like that so aging gracefully can be a chore cuz just that simple lower body injury can cause uh, like a asymmetrical weight shift later on in life and give you all kinds of back problems how much worse are those back problems going to be if you weren't trying to stay on top of things.
0: Yeah. I think you have to put in work. I don't know how hard it necessarily has to be. You know what no, I mean? No, it doesn't because have to be hard. Right. But it, but the consistency <laughs> behind the practice. Absolutely. Or the, and, the daily and if practice you ex- is important. Yeah,
1: daily practice. And, you know, obviously, if you want to accelerate said practice and results, then you put some passion behind the shit.
0: Absolutely. And you're, so I'm here
1: to make it fun. Yeah. That's the thing. So that's the message I want to get through to people is it does not have to be – you don't have to go to the gym and kick your ass and – make yourself miserable or if you miss the gym you don't have to go in and make up for lost workouts or Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just it's the consistency is a beautiful thing. Consistency over time will equal z- results. If you don't feel a hundred percent don't go into the CrossFit workout and try to set your PR on a day that you don't feel very good. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It, you know CrossFit has its place. Conventional bodybuilding has its place. It's all great. It's all great. But if you just stick to simple things like that it does not have a long-term application. The what's more long-term applicable than anything is flopping out of your bed on the floor and learning how to just stretch a little bit. Yeah. Learning how to get in the habit of drinking some water and eating a good meal every morning. Yeah. You know, you don't feel good. Go take your shoes off and go walk in your yard. You get grounded, right? Yeah, dude. Take your shoes off and a get grounded, man. Lots yeah. of grounding. Well, that's the people have all these you know impingements and problems. A lot of it's they kept shoes on their whole life. Yeah, those are just cast for your feet. You know, here, remember this, you know, shoes are made for people. People are not made for shoes. That's true. Keep that in mind. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, man. for sure. Pe- that and shoes are made for people. People aren't made for shoes.
0: Yeah. Um, and,
1: you know, same thing with chairs. I think chairs were horrible. <laughs> they should have yeah. invented chairs. <laughs> Dude, right
0: now I'm sitting <laughs> in an office and. Um, like, I go on daily walks. I go on daily barefoot walks. I see that. And, uh, man, but people stare. Like, they don't like it. Like, it makes people uncomfortable, man. Like, and I have to do it. I have to hey. get up. I have to move. I it can't. I I won't be there forever. This is just like a temporary thing while I'm working, like, the master plan. But people like that, they want you to be unhealthy and ha- hey. unhappy, like them. Hey, it's Adam. Crazy if shit. People
1: don't think you're crazy. Zig Ziglar, right? People yeah. don't think you're crazy. Your dreams aren't big enough. that's 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 plain and simple. And yeah, you know how many times I've dealt with I go to the park with my kids and I see all these other parents will sit on their phones or they'll just sit at the park and exist. And I try to be doing cartwheels and handstands and, you know, doing pull ups on the monkey bars and I'll get parents that'll yell at me for it. Hey, you're going to get my kids hurt. And, you know, I try to have the best attitude as possible. I try not to make people mad. But, I'll, you know, I'll just be like, hey, you know, you ought to try it. <laughs> It'll get you pumped up. it get your blood flowing. It, and beyond that is, you know, being a father is huge. So not just this operation inspiration, that message that I'm trying to get through to people is my two children, Avery, seven years old, and Eli, four years old. They, they give me so much strength and motivation. Like I have to set myself to such a higher standard now. I realistically think my kids think I'm a, a superhero. They really do because I just try to – anytime that they're not happy, I just try to barter with them to make them happy. And I don't necessarily give them their way. And we yeah. don't always want to give them their way. But when they – when I look back at how I grew up, some of the I, – I don't look up to just my parents. You know what I mean? I look up to all these other people in my life that I'm like they did all these little things that were amazing. Yeah. You know, and – And I try to hit as many of those on the head, being their parent or their father as I can. And I'm like, you know, do I just want to sit and watch them play at the park? Or do I want to run around and chase them too? Or we'll make it an obstacle course. Yeah. So, you know, the value of simple things like breakfast and going, hitting trails and doing fitness is I see the investment in the kids. The kids don't see what I'm doing. Yeah. But I see the investment in it. And I'm showing them how to. Enjoy life on a simple, simple perspective of just activity and health and wellness.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing, especially with my kids. I, I do the same. I try to uh, just instill them with like a lot of these just principles. Yeah, for that, sure. That are going to carry them far in life, and just make it easy now. You know what I mean? I, I
1: had to learn it late. You know what I mean? It's been such a shock at how much wisdom being a parent brings. Yeah, how much like reflection? Like you, you said I have moments every day every single day, you know, whether it's just a time that, you know, I, we, I, we ran a 5k last weekend. My four year old ran the whole thing. That's awesome. All to the point he wanted to cry. And I was like running with him. My daughter's ahead. She's seven. She's she ran the 5k too with one of her friends. He's four years old. He's running. He's, he's like, dad, it hurts. I want to walk. I'm like, well, walk dude. I was like, but you just ask yourself, are you going to feel better if you quit and give up? Or are you going to feel better if you just keep going and try your best buddy? Yeah. And that kid kept running. He's four years old. On a simple perspective, I asked him. I just gave him the ultimatum. How are you going to feel when you get done if you could just give up on yourself right now? Yeah. Right? I'm not saying don't. I mean, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. Or how are you going to feel you get done with this race and you're like, man, I, I gave it everything I had. Yeah. I tried my absolute best. Yeah. So we have, you know, a half mile of this race left, 800 meters. And there's some ladies coming up behind us that knew Eli. He was slowing down. He was struggling. This is a 5K, three three miles for a four-year-old. That's, That's a lot. Yeah, you know, and I didn't. I wasn't expecting. We took the dogs and everything. I, he blew my mind already. So these ladies are like, Eli, you're not gonna let a little girl pass you, are you? And my son just hit another gear. I mean, he just hit a whole another gear. Like that was just like psych- Like I just witnessed something. Yeah,
0: he, he, he something clicked there. Yeah.
1: So he was out of my. He. I call it to this day. I call it ghosting it. You know, that's when I'm doing a workout or a long run and I'm thinking about something else. Okay. Or if I run into somebody or if, like, say I'm running on the road and one of my clients pulls up next to me in a car, I'm going to forget I'm kind of tired and I'm going to kind of focus on the conversation and keep running. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so they, they told him, they're like, Eli, you're not going to let girls and hit this new gear. And we went around the corner and we can see the finish line. It's about 600 meters. I mean, it's quite a ways. Quarter mile away. And he starts slowing down. And I'm like, buddy, we're almost there, and he's, like, about to cry. And then everybody at the finish line seen him and started yelling for him. So he went from these girls, like, he's about to quit. These girls get behind him. They Mm -hmm. talk to him. He speeds up, and he's about to cry. And I almost feel bad. I'm like, man, am I a bad dad for making him run this three-mile race? You know, I thought it would be fun. He's about to cry. But but when at the finish line they started cheering for him, he felt no pain. The kid opened up. And I I yelled at him. I said, run like the Flash, buddy. You got this. Yeah. We got done. And it was such such a good feeling to just see how just having other people motivate and be there. And I'm not forcing him to do anything, but people are just encouraging him. And you see that. Yeah. So when I... When I'm a trainer and I'm at the gym, I see the encouragement I get from my kids and how much it means to me to see other people encourage my kids and me encourage my kids. And, you know, I go do wellness week for the upper elementary and the middle school here at Eldon and I volunteer to do it. I don't charge them or anything. I just love to go out there and encourage these kids because they think I'm so cool, you know. And if I don't have their attention, I just do like a handstand or a backflip and they're immediately like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. If you guys work hard and you chase your dreams and you focus on health and wellness, Anything is possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm supposed to be paralyzed right now, and here I'm doing. I'm here helping you guys. So, when when it comes to that encouragement factor, when I get somebody in the door as a client, you know, don't get me wrong, I'll I'll get the person that I'll I'll bugger them up, I'll let them get crazy and work out real hard. But most most people, I'm just like, hey, slow down your mind. We just want to practice some stuff. We get some momentum going, learn new things. You have a lot to learn about yourself that you don't realize. And that's what I try to get through to people is like, hey, slow down and feel what's going on on a daily basis. Don't just do the workout road on the board or do what workout you have planned. Lay down and see how things feel and just start whether that starts with movement. And then some of the, you know, like you were talking movement methodologies. I am pretty set in the way that I train people, but that's just because I want to develop a consistent habit. So for there to be a long-term application, you need to learn how to take care of yourself. Cause Absolutely. Because I, I am not going to be here every day for you. I mean, I just don't have the energy to do it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I love it. My passion is personal training and group fitness. But I can't be a slave to my income for that long. Does right. that make sense? So I, I need to get my message to you on in a bigger picture. These, these lives that I'm touching now, they're going to do the work for me. Because I'm going to put so much time in, into – their daily habits and trying to make them feel better and know how to be accountable for not only themselves, but the people around them. Cause yeah. if, if you feel better at them and you find you're going to motivate all your friends, like how, how many of your friends have probably been like, dude, I tried that whole grounding thing. I've been taking my shoes off.
0: Yeah. I'm always just, you know, peeking conversations. Yeah, that's, that's, Yeah, for sure.
1: And you know, you said people were looking at you crazy. Well, you know what? If it makes you feel good, tell them they're crazy. Say, I'm sorry you're having a bad day.
0: You should try this shit. Dude, I'll have conversations with people. Um, we had we had a jujitsu like summit. We had a whole bunch of black belts coming from out of town. A few people got promoted and whatnot. And one of the guys there, um, he normally trains at like the main school, um, Vagi school. So I don't ever train with him, but I guess he works in that area. He's like, dude, I drive by, I see you walking all the time. So it's just like the yeah. amount of people that just drive by and just oh, see it's that crazy. it's like, What the fuck is yeah, he so, doing? Walking so you're, barefoot. You know, and that stuff's gotta excite you. Oh, like I love somebody.
1: it. So you know I, so even if I had a light day of training, this is kind of like my whole complex. Breaking my neck made me crazy. I'll put that in hashtags on my post sometimes, and there's, there's so much more to it. is I could take a rest day, or I could just relax. I love to build things because I need other hobbies other than just you know working out. But every, every, time, every time I go to do a workout or I go run, or I go to the park or I go hit trails, I meet people and i meet these people and they're just motivated and they're not motivated cuz i'm in shape or i have muscles they're motivated cuz they see me just working my ass off yeah and i'm working my ass off to feel better well
0: passion is contagious
1: yeah oh for sure and you know people want that passion and you you meet i love meeting people and just telling them my story cuz some people might think i'm just like a Vain fitness junkie. If you never met me, and I'm like ripping my shirt off every gym, and I'm like flexing. I I love pre-workout. That's probably one of my biggest. <laughs> fl- I mean, I do. It's is that it's, your vice
0: is pre-workout? Uh, yeah. Well, you I wouldn't call checked. it a vice.
1: It's kind of it's kind of turned into a joke. But I will say that I'm a very high energy person as it is. Oh yeah. So I can work out like I could do four, five, six hours worth of workouts in a day, and eat all day, and you know I, I might be dragging butt a little bit, and you put a little caffeine in my system and some stuff that you know, alters my mindset and gets me pumped, man, I feel like I get wild and it's been kind of a joke, but it is, it's, I create that kind of excitement for people that, you know, you can, these little things can create excitement. Yeah. Like little, like you liked my posts. I put wrist wraps, like my wrist wraps were wearing out and I was at the CrossFit gym. I was like, man, I need new wrist wraps. And I, I went up front to buy a fit aid from them at CrossFit Magic Dragon down at the lake and they had new wrist wraps and they were lime green, the color that I wanted and everything. And I just – I bought them there and it saved me. That created so much excitement for my workout right (laughs) there because I was immediately bummed. I was like, man, my wrist might hurt because my wrist wraps were bad. They're making me lift some heavy-ass shit in this CrossFit gym, you know, and I'm like, oh, my wrists are going to hurt if I go too high. So it kind of limited my workout because my wrist wraps were wearing out. I didn't want to go as heavy. Yeah. Does it kind of make sense? Yeah. You get these new wraps, and I almost felt <laughs> this whole new surge of energy. Yeah. It's like a new pair of running shoes, mm-hmm. right? Or are you going to get on the road? you excited about you it. You get this new Fitbit Blaze watch you got. Man, you, never in your life have you ever counted your steps until you get this new watch, and then you're like – you start setting goals, and you start being more active, and you're yeah. like – Oh, my God, my resting heart rate? I didn't know what that was. Yeah. So these little things, like whether it's a watch, a pair of shoes, wrist wraps,
0: create excitement, right? You seem to have this deep um, just gratitude for life. And, and, and understandably so. why. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know who – how many people really go through that type of intense struggle well, at a very early age? Well, I wouldn't age? even – you know, I know a lot of it, it was the broken neck.
1: And I know my kids motivate me a lot. But if I were to, like, sum it up, this is – I'm not trying to, like, vent and get on some mushy level on you. Hey, but, brother, this is place. But, yeah, like, you know, we're – hey, we're – we might have to hug it out after this. But for real, I feel like, you know, I'm not pulling the whole – having daddy issue cards, you know, daddy issues, broken neck. You know, I, I'm – Little confused. I I've had a challenge of faith and pride with the whole broken heart thing, mm-hmm. but but when it comes down to it, there's so much. Life is beautiful, and there's so many ing- little things to enjoy. And you might not be able to feel your best, but every single day, every single moment, there are things you can do to feel better. Yeah. I mean, right? Just that simple. Like it. I feel like shit. I wake up lethargic. I'm depressed. Say say you fell in love with somebody and they they just walked out of your life, or you had. A misfortune, you know, you had a financial blow. These kind of things stress you out. These yeah. things, like very, they very, they affect your mental state. Whether it's misfortune or being misled, whatever it may be, uh, any kind of bad luck or bad juju, bad energy, anything, you just have to realize, like, maybe I just need a glass of water and a
0: walk. Yeah, they're, I guess I'll
1: feel because what are you gonna do? You feel better if you just lay in bed and think about how F and miserable you are. Yeah, you feel better if you just drink. Drink some H2O, which is the essence. That's some magical shit. Water is amazing. It really people is. don't even drink. There's I know people that don't even drink water, and I just I wish it was I was allowed to slap people across the face and say Get your shit together. Yeah. But water and a walk. You know what I mean? My clients have had bad luck along the years, and I'm like, Hey man, just drink some water, go on a walk, stretch out a little bit, yeah. or come in and put some gloves on and hit the bag a little bit, get your blood flowing. Don't self destruct. I'm not telling you to self destruct, but you gonna feel better. Go eat a good meal. How many people you know get stressed out and they still eat real healthy? Yeah, I mean once, once you, you start feeling out? bad, dude, the yeah, food's the first to go. Exactly. You start eating real so, bad. So so that like food is you know, and that's how I know whether I'm sick or I'm stressed is I like my appetite'll like you know kick kill out. And you know everybody, I, I I'm not perfect. I deal with some emotional instabilities, but what I do know is I'll do things like a glorious meal prep. Like if I'm feeling down. I go to the grocery store and I buy some good food. You know what? That's a that's good sign. That's like good eating. Or I go, you know, like I said, I don't self-destruct, but I will drink water. I'll go pet some, pet my puppies. I got two dogs. I love my dogs. Simple things like that make me feel good. I go build things. If I'm, I build things that gives me so much, I mean, I can't explain the mental state. It gives me momentum to go into the rest of my day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, just accomplishing things. Oh, that's I mean? that right there. You just labeled it. Yeah, I- any kind of accomplishments. Uh, I'm huge on making your bed. Oh, I'll do it Every morning, wake up, make your bed. Create the momentum. Yeah. So, because if you're, go- you don't. I mean, it's almost like a place for you to put things too. We you get yeah. your bed made. Yeah, I you just know, think having your structure course. and order is super important. For sure, it is. Now, you know, I do have a flaw in my game, and that's dishes. I love to cook. It's hard for me to stop and do dishes all the time. Like if I'm going to go do a deadlift and pull-up workout, I'm like, man, I don't want my calluses to get all fucked up. So
0: I'll kind of put them off. But, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm
1: a single dad. I think I have the right to kind of leave some dishes here and there.
0: But Right. But just in your daily life, like you have a structure to it. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? so Whether, whether it's like a, little, like a little task like the dishes, like that's, that's kind of arbitrary. But like an overall structure to your life, you know what I mean? Like you have these routines in your day that, that keep you on track. So that's where, like, you're lucky if you have some obsessive compulsive disorder.
1: You don't want to think that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? That can.
0: Everything to a degree, right?
1: I yeah, mean, for sure. The spectrum. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I, I don't know if I've actually been diagnosed, but I'm sure I have some <laughs> attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I'm a very, very hyperactive person, but. I, I really relate a lot of it because of it, I have so much excitement for life, mm-hmm. and I have all these ideas going through my head all the time, and all these things I want to do. I just don't have the time for it. There's not enough time in the day. Yeah. I'm I'm the you know I seen this meme a while back, the sleepless elite. It says that some people just don't require sleep. I am 99 percent positive that is that's me. I mean I'm so excited to get on and get gains the next day, and I'm just gonna label it as gains. Get after it, mm-hmm. you know. I, I could go to bed at 11:30 midnight. I'm trying to cram as many meals as I can and water as I can, and I got to be up at 4 a.m. to get my kids and load them in the jeep, and I take them from the jeep. I take them into the gym. I carry them upstairs in the gym, and man, we're grinding by 4:35 o'clock. Yeah, I got classes. So you're just always going. Yep. And huh? then, and if I have a break, I'm pretty much take my kids. I get them ready for school. I take them to school, and I come back to the gym. Yeah. Or on my Tuesday and Thursdays, that I don't have the, cra- I go to CrossFit. I don't have to go do those workouts. I get like 50, 60 hours of fitness in my place, but that change the environment, those new people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, on the whole perspective, I try to get a lot of my members to get out of the, get out of the fucking gym. Go get in some nature. Yeah. Go ride a bicycle. That's the best way to feel better you know is being in nature. I, I'll ask somebody, when's the last time you did a cartwheel out in your yard? Just go do some cartwheels. If you don't
0: know how to do a cartwheel, learn how to do one. Yeah. If, it'll feel good. Where do you find all this energy, man? Where do I find it all? Yeah, I mean, or or actually, let me ask you. I a make diff, it. I, I make, make it. Adam, I make this interview. That's not a good enough there, question. There are times. When do you have? When do you slow down? Is probably a better question. What are you? What are you talking about? Do you? Do you slow when, down? When, when's your downtime? What do you like to do for downtime? Do you have downtime? Do you, is it always just going? Because I know when we talked on the phone the other day, you're like, dude, I have already fucking worked out for like seven <laughs> you, hours you, today. When you
1: when you call when you <laughs> I've been up for when 24 you, hours. i have back up pre-workout.
0: Me. When you messaged
1: me, I actually was. That was a Sunday. And I get rid of my, my – kids go with their mother at noon, and I have the day – the the whole evening off until Monday morning. I got to go in at 4 a.m. The whole evening off. And you would think that out of 60 hours a week of training and CrossFit and I try to get 20 miles a week running that I would just want to relax, right? But that's not that's not what gives me energy. Sitting at the house would give me anxiety. Yeah, I mean I can play with my dog so much, and I can – I, if I turn on the TV, I'm going to get anxiety within 20 minutes. I take a nap. I wake up thinking, man, there's so much shit I could have done.
0: Yeah, I don't like
1: that. Sleep, that sleep did not help me out. Cool, I might have felt tired, but I I literally I drank some water. I ate a good meal. I went out to eat by myself. I ate a good meal. I came to the gym, and I did some stuff I don't normally do. I'm not a big – I don't think that powerlifting is health and wellness, right? I don't think it's like health and wellness, but it has its place. Who doesn't want to get strong? You know, if you don't if you don't pick up heavy shit, you're never going to be able to pick up heavy shit. Yeah. And if you don't practice picking up heavy shit, you might hurt yourself picking up heavy shit. Yeah. So I came in just to work on some basic and th- these this is like my staple. Ever since, you know, breaking my neck and my back and having some issues, I've always been kind of afraid of it, so I came in and I deadlifted and back squatted and I, I bench deadlift. pressed. I love deadlifts. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm addicted to them. But I try to prescribe weights. I'm not like a PR kind of guy. I'm like yeah. a I'm like a, "Hey, let's drill it at this weight. Let's let's never go across this weight. And if you're feeling really good, let's cap it here. This is your challenge weight." So I I come in and I did all this powerlifting stuff and and I went home and I drank some water and I was like, "Fuck, it's like 5:30 in the evening." I felt good. 4:30 in the evening. So I went on a run and I was actually Just got done with, like, the last 800 meters I try to open up on my five-mile run. I think I ran six miles. I planned on two or three, and I ended up running, like, six miles. Yeah. Because I had one person call me on my run, and I kind of accidentally took the wrong turn. You know, I was in my (laughs) mode. And then I was on my way back, and I'm thinking, you know, I got on my feet. I ran a lot farther than I wanted. That's when I t- I brought up to you. I was like, man, I'm gonna take off my shoes and tag you in a story saying, I'm gonna get grounded. Yeah. And I'm like, Adam, I was like, I'm on your. I got you, bro. I yeah, know. Dude. I know how you're feeling. I was hey. gonna take off my shoes after my run. I was gonna walk around in my yard and kind of do some barefoot sprints and mm-hmm. you know ground myself because my feet were you know hurting for me lacing up my shoes. I run in barefoot shoes, but it's still not the same. Right. You know what I mean. It's still something in between my foot and the ground. So I was thinking about grounding you, and I literally when I. Looked at my phone on my – like I'm walking back up my road to my yeah. house after my run. You messaged me about a podcast, and that's when I was like, call me. Just call me because I was way too sweaty and worked <laughs> up, and I just put you – I mean I just had to put you on my headphones as I was walking up the road. And yeah. You talked to me when I was, I mean, covered in sweat with my headphones in, and that was one of my nights off by myself. And it's – you know, it. I've been really motivated for you to come and everything, man. I've been trying to, you know, badger you here and there to come. Come, but that's just because I see that you're passionate about your practice, and yeah, no, this is a cool space. I'm, I'm very confident, you know, in my training methods will help anybody and everybody. Where like I'm gonna use your jujitsu, for example, right? I think it's an amazing thing, but most your jujitsu is not necessarily gonna help me with my practice. Does that make sense? But my practice is gonna help you with your jujitsu. I hear what you're saying. Does that kind of like I'm not saying like oh my. My practice has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu. It's just movement improvement, improve the way you feel, your connection with your body, yeah. your balance between mobility and stability. And if you're progressive, you have a progressive application to improve the way you move and get stronger in certain areas and take care of right. Well, you're going to go out and do jiu-jitsu and you're going to feel better. Yeah. Well, jujitsu is a very specific activity. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. But, you know, and I go – and I, I don't mean to label jujitsu jitsu and use that as an example. But That's if I were saying. to go to practice and I roll, you know, I was like, hey, I just want to get good cardio. I'm going to go roll with my buddies. Well, accidents happen. You know, like I've, I've broke a finger just catching it in a shirt, and I didn't even feel a break, and it completely right-angled. Oh, shit. Just straight to the right. I thought I was – I had a marker in my hand, it felt like, but it was my finger, <laughs> t- mm. and I caught it in a shirt. That's not going to help my fitness. No. <laughs> Does that make sense? It will not. So or like not tapping not. quick enough, right? Oh, yeah, Having any, Like not tapping quick enough, you can – I mean, somebody throws you an ar- arm bar, your ulnar collateral ligament gets tweaked, mm-hmm. right, or torn. That's, that's something that could – you're not going to be able to do push-ups the next day. Yeah, it's definitely not going to help the body. So, and the same thing is if I work out too hard, it's not going to help my jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I made somebody do a 1,000 burpees and you know, pick up deadlifts until they couldn't walk straight, yeah. and you go to do jujitsu the next day, you're not going to feel like that helps your performance. Yeah, well, you definitely have to have a balance. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That's, and that's the, the whole promoting the movement and improvement and operation inspiration is think about the end game. Think yeah. about the the end game. How do you want to feel? Like there is some, you know, you do have to make some sacrifices. I am, I am trying to hit a pretty high level of fitness. And I'm sure that I'm sacrificing some certain things in my later ages in life. So I'm trying to do it smarter. I'm trying not to, like, push personal records. I try to keep my awareness. You know, I don't feel like I'm 100% Tony. So it makes sense, like yeah, like you're always you yeah, still feel it's like, like
0: you're able it's to like do more.
1: Adams, Adams had injuries, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, and the older you get, obviously, they remind you here and there. But don't be afraid of injuries. Injuries in the gym or in in that movement specific environment, injuries are a beautiful thing because they will teach you. They will teach you not to do things again, right? They'll they'll increase your awareness. Just on a normal person day-to-day aspect, somebody picks up something heavy and they throw their back out. I guarantee they're gonna be more aware of how they pick things up from then on. Especially if that was they put their back out real bad. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you learn the hard way. The, yeah, exactly. So you don't want to necessarily be afraid of those, but let those kind of build. Those are who you are. Those chinks in your armor are what made you who you are. That's what taught. That gave you the wisdom. I I label it as fitness maturity. Fitness maturity, right? Yeah. I had none of that ten hmm. years ago. You put pre workout in my system ten years ago and I, I would I would go work out with guys way stronger than me and you know, I I might have thrown a weight that wasn't comfortable for me, whether it was bench press or back squat and I'll be like, You swap me? Yeah. yeah, you're you're gonna keep this thing from crushing me? Cool, I'll get under it. Yeah. That's not fitness maturity.
0: It's really not. I think that's why it's key to have coaches. So whenever for sure. You, when you aren't mature, so yeah. that way they can prevent you from yeah, trying to help you, you. know, and not, not everybody has that luxury of having a coach. Not everybody knows that they should
1: really need a coach. Yeah, you know that's what a I mean? shame. There's a lot of these. Coaches need coaches. It's hard for me not to label different training types and like call them out. But, I mean, you, you will. You can't, you can't just get a certification and think that you know all about health. Health and wellness is so, so broad. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. Like yeah. you said you've been learning constantly for how many years? Uh, over the past decade. And the longer just... the longer you're in it, the more you realize like man, I don't know anything. Yeah, the more the more you learn yourself. No, you're wrong. Part, I, I, don't know I I know some think. cool shit. I really do. I know some life-changing shit. I sell it. I sell my energy, and I sell my knowledge. That's what I do. I sell my inspiration. I give people these tools that they can take with them. They can take what they want, and whether they use them, that is up to them. Right. But if you use them, and you find your niches and what works for you, and you're consistent. That consistency over time, you can really improve the quality of your life in a big way. Absolutely. Even if it's just uh, you know, your internal health with food, that long-term application. You start eating healthier, and you start learning. Ignorance is bliss. If you don't know on a cellular level what food does for your body, then – you ignorance is bliss. You don't know you're doing anything wrong. But if you get yeah. educated. Guess what? I guarantee you're gonna make better decisions. Yeah, well, I hope so. It's like on a simple predispositions. You have high blood pressure. Quit eating salt. Don't be an asshole.
0: Quit eating salt. Right? I don't know about that one. This I know. Fu- it's funny well, say like di- diabetes, right? Well, it's funny we get brought rid that of the though. refined sugar. <laughs> yeah, get re- definitely get rid of the refined sugar. It's funny you brought up the salt because I actually salt I, is necessary. Well, I started talking about this on a previous podcast. And I didn't explain it very well, so you just presented me with perfect. perfect opportunity to it. explain it. So there's a great book called The Salt Fix, and I can't remember the name of the author, but it was a pharmacist. And essentially, what his argument was in the book is that you know humans developed in or, in or near salt water, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of where we come from. So we actually have a, a pretty high need for salt. For sure. Um, and he, his argument was just like, you know, we tend to need more salt, not less. And the whole idea of of less salt tends to cause more issues. And he was giving quite a few good examples within the book. But that's, that's his overall argument is that we need more salt than you would think. Well, yeah, healthy.
1: I understand that. But I meant on the spectrum of like – the foods that you get in today's day and age—the foods that you get for sure,
0: the processed, the refined—they might yeah. taste good, but
1: you're gonna get fucked yeah, up. Yeah,
0: the refined carbohydrates, the processed foods. Yeah, I mean, just the quality of—I think—cause like a calorie isn't a calorie, right? You know, the the quality of that calorie mm-hmm. is going to to make all well, of the that's difference. Like I get really frustrated with uh, if it fits in my macros,
1: right? Yeah, you're really frustrated with that, or if somebody's like, "Oh, I've been doing the keto diet." My first question when somebody says, I've been doing the keto diet, I was like, Whoa, do you even know what ketosis
0: is? Yeah, have you
1: checked I was like, Because before you do some kind of diet, yeah, like figure that out. That's been around for thousands and thousands. Of, I mean, that's just an energy system that people, we aren't glucose based environment. We don't have a glucose based environment unless we create it, right? So your body's
0: going to have to resort to those fats and turn them into fuels. Yeah, I mean, that's then, just, that's like that metabolic, metabolic flexibility that we were talking about. Yeah, a for bit sure.
1: You know, and it takes a lot of practice. People have different cravings, and I don't try to drastically change anybody's diet. Mm-hmm. I usually just try to make them aware. Like I had a new guy come in last night, and he came in this morning too, back-to-back, which is pretty cool that nice. he came in back-to-back. And he worked out last night, and I this is how my coaching starts, right, with his nutrition. I go, hey, you eat good last night? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, what did you eat? He's like, eggs, and I had some bacon and some milk. So I didn't say anything, you know, and I'm like, well, that's the kind of – I'm just trying to figure out how he fuels his body so then I can educate myself on his eating habits and help him make tweaks, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like – I was like, well, you, you ever looked up and seen what is all in your milk or – I'm like, hey, you ever – what about – and I asked him what he ate this morning. He said he didn't eat anything. I was like, well, you, get some raw almonds on hand and some blueberries and, and instead of me down-talking on what he was eating, right, and I'm not saying eggs and bacon and milk is bad. But there is a lot better materials you can get to fuel your workouts. And for me to start this change with him, I'm not going to say, hey, quit eating that. Eat yeah, this. I mean you don't want
0: to like just shame no, him for what he's doing. No,
1: not at all. I'm just going to be like, hey, you ought to try getting some raw almonds in your diet. Hey, you ought to try to get some blueberries. You ever, you ever eat avocados throughout the day? Those are healthy fats. You know what I mean? And I start saying stuff like that. Little suggestions. But yeah, and those suggestions. And then later on, like three weeks, four weeks later, I'm like, what would you eat for dinner? He's like, well, I had a piece of salmon and I had a salad, you know, that superhero salad you told me about. Yeah. And then he's like, I got all kinds of the alkaline, leafy green vegetables and stuff and the salmon. And Mm -hmm. I ate eight raw almonds. And they start to change the way because I just make it aware to them that, man, you have so much control over the way you feel and the what you eat and your movement. If your back hurts, don't think you got to go to the chiropractor. I don't – like somebody says that their back hurts. My first question for them – seriously, my first question, I was like, well, have you been stretching every day the last week? No. Oh. Oh. So your back hurts, but you're not stretching. Will you explain that to me? (laughs) Because I'm like, if my back hurts, I'm going to lay down and stretch. Yeah. You know, so that kind of makes – or if somebody has a headache, I'm like – Have you been drinking enough water? Yeah, how much water do you drink? That's that chronic dehydration is a huge lead for for just joint pain and headaches. Absolutely. So just a couple times of me saying that, I don't have to keep asking them every time because after a year, my client knows not to tell me they have a headache unless they went out and drank last night or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they know. Because they know what your response will be. Oh, it's so fun. Like I love being a trainer. It's like the even like I get ladies. I had a ladies group you know, a couple years ago. I had a girl came in and laid down on my mat. And she's like, and it's five thirty in the morning. We're about to start working out. And she came in and laid up and curled in a ball, on my floor. <laughs> <Hangover>. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, well, no, she wasn't. It was kind of hungover. It was a Girl Scout cookie hangover. Oh. So get this, you know, she—they're trying to lose weight all the time, and I try to like, hey, quit, quit thinking about weight loss and thinking about performance. You perform better, you're gonna reach your goals quicker than just trying to watch that number on the scale, right? So we want to improve the way we move, and if we do that, you will improve your body mass index and you're eating correctly you know stuff like that so we try not to focus on the actual weight because that's a psychology block we want to focus on like day one you don't know how to bear crawl yeah like two weeks later not how feeling to better, or like better. i video you squatting on day one and i video you squatting a year later like that's the kind of stuff I'm. yeah well so she's laying on the floor 5 30 in the morning and she's like i'm like what's wrong Lindsay? or he's like she's like girl scout cookies i was like it's all right i was like i that's one of my weaknesses too i was like i'll eat some cookies I'll she's like a box of cookies well that's bro. what she said hold on <laughs> so this is this is where i dress i was very supportive of her bad decision right and i go Lindsay, you got you got to feel good for feeling bad you f- you feel bad because you ate that box of cookies that's a good thing there's people that don't feel bad about that right and she's like okay it was the it was two boxes that's what she said right after i tried to make her feel better and then my demeanor changed. I said, Lindsay, get the fuck up and grab a jump rope. <laughs> let's, let, let's clean your guts out. So I went from, like, trying to coddle her and emotionally comfort her for her bad decision to two boxes? You really didn't think you had to work in the morning? You didn't realize. You are like, Tony's going to be pissed. Just like or, you just did No, yeah. And then I immediately was like, yeah, just that. Do <laughs> so you want me to take you seriously? you got to take me seriously. Yeah. So that, And I've really developed that vibe as a trainer, like. I'm pretty hardcore. I mean, if somebody cancels a workout, it's one thing. I'll be like, "Oh, bummer." You know, 6 months later and they continue to cancel workouts and stuff, I'll send them a middle finger emoji and a thumbs down, and they know I don't mean like insulting. I don't mean like "F you." They they laugh cuz they're like, "Oh shit, he's just like like
0: disappointed."
1: Yeah, I'm disappointed, so I just send them a middle middle finger or a disappointed face yeah. or a thumbs down, you know, and yeah. I get my point through and it's like you know, if, if I want to hold myself accountable and really care about the way that you feel, you got to care about what I'm teaching you. And right. you got to apply some of these tools. Because if, if I spend a year with a client and I see they continue to just self destruct in certain ways or they don't use these tools, I don't necessarily develop a bad attitude, but I just stop trying to hold myself accountable for that aspect of their life. Like if you just can't get your diet together and you come in here and grind, I appreciate you. I love that you come in and grind. But if you're going to constantly, like if you complained about your weight loss, I would literally answer with, I was like, well, I try to tell you to quit eating like an asshole all the time. Yeah. Or I'm like, write me that food journal I asked you for. Right. You know what I mean? Mm Because they're, and then they're like, oh, I know, I know. And I'm like, no, well, shut up. Quit complaining to me about it then. Don't complain about it. You know, if you're not going to do the work, just don't complain. So, yeah, I have to be fun. And some people can take it the wrong way, right? But That's not your problem. No, not at all. And like I, you know, I really, I take the, if people don't think you're crazy and your dreams aren't big enough, I take that to heart. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I 100 percent agree. It's like, so if I if I don't have somebody thinking, man, that guy is just nuts every day, then I don't feel like I'm inspiring people as much as I could. And you're not being authentic to yourself at no. that point. No, it you know, for sure. So if I went to the park and I sat down on the bench and watched my kids, because somebody was like, "Man, you're gonna get somebody hurt doing your handstands," or, you know, "Can't you just be normal and sit and watch your kids?" Then I then I wouldn't be exceptional. People wouldn't be motivated by me. Right? Yeah. Would you be motivated by the guy just sitting on the bench? You'd be motivated by the guy doing cartwheels and pistol squats and handstands and then uh, runs over and gets excited about a cool spot to do a human flag. or You know what I mean? You're going to be inspired about that energy, mm-hmm. and you're going to want some. It's contagious. Yeah, and I want to give it away because I'm obviously just going to hurt myself with it if I don't give it away.
0: You have more than enough for
1: everybody, oh, dude. Oh, man. I, I can't even explain. I'm kind of confused by it. I, it's a yeah. curse and a blessing, Adam. Yeah. I, feel, I feel really good. Yeah, And I keep trying to make these little small investments to make myself feel better. You know what I mean? It's like even on the sense that I used to run faster than I do now. I really have a passion for running. I used to run a lot faster than I do now. But my feet wouldn't feel good. My knees wouldn't feel good. I might put a better time on the clock. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when it, when you take it and using running as like this long-term application, don't run to lose weight. That's a very miserable mindset. I understand if you're a fighter or whatever, but don't run with those intentions because that's not health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Don't run to go farther. But don't get me wrong. That's competition, personal competition, whether you're training for a marathon or a sport. But you're going to make sacrifices trying to run farther. There's going to be some not good stuff that could happen, right? You could be depleted or not have food or get some plantar fasciitis or not have perfect form or or running faster. Those things might not help you in the long run but if you're literally going out to go like i said that drink in that water so you don't feel good and you go drink a glass of water and go on a walk you have to think i just want to feel better right so you can't be so mentally hard on yourself if you had a run and it didn't go good you gotta think man should i at least i got up and went on a run
0: yeah yeah i think your intentions for everything really matter yeah um, it's like
1: going to the gym is if you don't feel good don't don't make the decision not to go to the gym like you don't even have to go to the gym don't make a decision not to do anything. Yeah. That consistency. You can always do something. So that's where that discipline comes. You don't realize how much better you actually feel until sometimes you get moving. Yeah. And I live by I, I, I. You ask me where I get my energy from. It's not like I don't wake up on days and think, man, I need some more sleep. I went way too hard yesterday. I missed a meal. I didn't drink enough water. And say I woke up dehydrated and at a deficit in my calories. And I got these plans to train. And I like sometimes I'll have to throw that out the window, but I still, no matter what, I know I have people holding me accountable every single day. I got people waiting for my posts every single day. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, dude. I got a client. I got a client waiting here at you know that's gonna be here at 4:30 in the morning. Do you want me to look like I just rolled out of bed too? You think that's gonna motivate people? If I got bedhead and I look like I just woke up and I'm stiff and lethargic looking. Or is it going to motivate people if I'm here at 4.30, I got my blood flowing, I got water. I might not feel good, but I made sure I got my blood flowing. I washed my face with you know, cold water. I got my shit together, and they come in, and I'm already pumped and full of energy. It creates that aura for the day. Yeah, well, you're setting the tone for your tribe for sure. Oh, man, and you know, I don't expect everybody to feel 100%. It's very normal not to feel 100%, but what you need to learn how to do is to feel better. And everybody has their niches, whether you're going to draw, whether you're going to read, whether you're going to get some nature. you know. I Don't get me wrong. There's people that say sleep makes me happy or naps and stuff like that. I am very. I wouldn't say I'm against that. They have their place. Like if you're sick, take a nap. If you're overtrained, take a nap. If you're low on sleep, take a nap. You're stressed out, cool, take a nap. But bodies at rest, stay at rest. Bodies in motion, stay in motion. Right? There's one for you. There you go. If you don't move it, you lose it. Well, everybody loses it, but how fast you lose it, you have a little control over that. So, I mean, I'm really glad you came out, man. This is pretty cool.
0: Dude, yeah. So I didn't mean to go in 100 directions on you, but I loved it. Dude. I can eat, breathe, sleep, and talk this stuff 24-7. I love it. No, that's a good place to wrap up at, though. Um how can folks get a hold of you if they want? If they want to, where can people find you? I t- I what will you tell you that I
1: probably go over the top with my Instagram inspiration. So you know, if if somebody follows me on Instagram, I guarantee you're gonna have day in and day out inspiration. And you know, you want to look look at some of my older posts. Good. Don't feel free to contact me. Facebook or Instagram is a really
0: easy way to. So What's what your handles? Away. I'll put them in the notes. But what are your handles for the folks listening? What do you mean? What's your Facebook handle? What's your social or what's your Instagram? Uh,
1: Tony Lee Sync is my Facebook. That's all you gotta look up. Tony okay. Tony Lee Sink. You'll see most of the time my profile picture is me and my kids. Uh-huh. Uh If you look up Instagram, it's just Tony Sync 6 That's my. I graduated two thousand six. It's real simple. There you go. Tony sink all one zero six. Are you on Twitter or anything nope, like that? Nope, I'm not on Twitter. I'm okay. I'm way behind. Man, I'm doing good to have an Instagram for a couple years. <laughs> and I you know I kind of. There's days I'm like, man, people got to get tired of my posts. And I feel like I do document my life. But I love life so much, and I'm so excited about little things. People need people need to see that there are people out there that get excited about little things. I get so excited about every single meal. I get excited about meal prepping. Man, I'm like – I'm in the middle of a run, and I, I'm excited about the water I get to drink when I get back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited about the stretch I want to do in the morning because my back hurts and – you know, I, I'm very, I don't know what it is, but I have so much, I'm crazy for gains right now. Yeah. I'm very crazy for gains. Like I, I have got past my mental block of overtraining as long as I have the nutritional backing. I, I mean, I, I like to push my limits, not in a standard that it's unhealthy, but if I can maintain, you know, good form and good movements and man, I like to really push the buttons, whether it's. You know, calisthenics, I have a big passion for. Martial arts, I love technique drills and just conditioning. And, you know, if I got a good friend, then combat dancing it's great. I mean, you know, whether the level, it's iron sharpens iron, obviously. Uh, I, like I said, I love just proper body mechanics. And uh, every day, if I were to just put my main focus of training or my main message is move and improve. Just get yourself feeling better. That consistency over time, I'm telling you, you, you have a lot of controls over your feels.
0: I mean, Hell oh yeah, brother. Well, hey, dude, I appreciate you uh, taking the time today. For sure. All right, man. Well, everybody, we'll catch you later. Peace. Whoa. If that doesn't motivate you to get off your ass and go do something, I don't know what will. Such a crazy, crazy thing to live through to be told that you're not going to be able to walk, and you should just get prepared for a different way of life. Only to be able to regain all of those abilities, and probably more. He's in fucking better shape now than he was then for sure, I'm sure. So, man, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Really gives you something to think about, and, and hopefully... Uh, Maybe makes you consider about having a daily gratitude practice um, just because there is so much to be grateful for in life. And and having that perspective of, of gratitude, um, no matter the situation, can really do wonders uh, just for the way that we experience this, this thing called life. So, man, that was awesome. Today, I am going to leave you with a song by... Let me see who this is by. This is from my dude Pound Game Addison and this song is called Too Lit. Check it out. I'm too lean. I'm too
2: lean. They hate the way I'm too lit. Talk that shit won't do shit. They on my head, that's bullshit. Hold down time, won't prove it though. Chain shine bright, I'm too lit. Posted it up with two bitches. Granting all but two wishes. Can't trust you, can't cuff you ho. They hate the way I'm too lit. Talk that shit, won't do shit. They on my head, that's bullshit. Hold down time, won't prove it though. Chain shine bright, I'm too lit. Posted it up with two bitches. Granting all but two wishes. Can't trust you, can't cuff you ho. All my day niggas day on day cool day shit, job. at the same damn time we roof-lidged, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was down in there I had to figure out, cause I couldn't live with excuses, excuse bitch, I don't care what they think about me, I'ma still stunt like an acrobat, I'm talking flip money, four big money, stack big racks and pop tags, yeah niggas wearing fact chains they ain't never been the way they ain't never been the way uh, niggas talk high like they hide in the cave like they hide in the cave uh, she get this dick I bet she never be the same bet she never be the same uh, I can't fit in I can, I can never, never be, be a lame. lame I can never be a lame yeah. I skip my whip <laughs> that, bitch go fast. that bitch go fast I'm up a level just check my swag, check my swag. I hype the gas then hit the dash, hit the dash. she hate she love me that boy is savage yes, yes. they hate the way I'm too Talk that shit won't do shit. They on my head, that's bullshit. Hold down time, won't prove it though. Chain shine bright, I'm too lit. Posted up with two bitches. granting all but two wishes. Can't trust you, can't cuff you ho. They hate the way I'm too lit. Talk that shit, won't do shit. They on my head, that's bullshit. Hold down time, won't prove it though. Chain shine bright, I'm too lit. Posted up with two bitches. Granting all but two wishes. Can't trust you, can't cuff you ho